everyone to polk and kush it is friday january 26th 2024 and it's basketball season it is we were just enjoying the sport yes we're in rooting the lsu women on as always what we want to happen backfires in amazing fashion so uh, tough loss for the Lady Tigers, it appears. We stopped watching with 30 seconds left, so I'm sure something amazing happened while we weren't watching. Uh, but it's Mardi Gras season. It's basketball season. It's fog season. I uh, almost uh, veered off the road 16 times my way here. Very spooky out. But you know what they say about poking Kush? The hardest working people in show business. It's true. <laughs> we do an episode every... 11.5 days basically. I think that's what the numbers come out to <laughs> So we are here right now and here for you everybody It looking like Silent Hill outside will not stop us from saying this city sucks <laughs> It was eerily quiet out too It is really weird out and there Anytime something it, Well there's always something going on So I'm, I'm walking the dogs and it's like pitch black you can't see 10 feet in front of you because of the fog, and it's eerily silent. I'm like, what happened? Yeah. Something happened. Something's always happening. Yeah. The, what happened and now? Then, and then the pipe underneath you just explodes. <laughs> <laughs> it was right near my son's school where all that happened. They're like, uh, when you're on your way to carpool today, there's a giant crater in the middle of the street. Oh, my God. So you might want to, uh, you know, dodge that and uh, maybe get here a couple minutes early. And then they were like, uh, this, the parish had sent out something to conserve water. And I was like, oh, that's that's the death knell. Mm-hmm. The second they said conserve water, all I picture is every person in Jefferson Parish filling up giant vats of water as soon as they possibly could. <laughs> Be like, conserve. I'm not a pussy. I'm going to take all the water I can get. <laughs> it's like when they, you know, uh, when there's, there's lines for the gas station, you're like, oh, yeah, these guys are going to come in with 16 uh, tanks of, of gasoline. Uh, so the water immediately went from, I would say within an hour, went from conserved to uh, there is no water anymore to boil water for three full days. Well, remember when the salt was coming this way and people uh-huh. were going insane yeah. buying crates of water? These people don't drink water in their day-to-day lives. <laughs> These are Diet Coke people. Yeah, I'm surprised that doesn't fly off the shelves more often. <laughs> We're just going to brush our teeth with Diet, with Diet Coke now. We're showering in Diet Coke. I believe everything is back to normal, though. I'm sure something horrific will happen tomorrow. One of my coworkers was saying that their power went out. A transformer blew, oh my like God. in Uptown, not on the news, not on anything, out of power for like half a day. Cool. At not even a blip on the radar. No, because it's it. It takes a lot to make news. Like just getting murdered, no longer is like 
top news. Yeah, just like, losing power is not enough. Did you yeah. get murdered by falling in a hole? <laughs> then maybe we got a spot for you on the news. It has to be like a unique way of getting murdered or a unique way of uh, of losing, you know, some sort of major infrastructure that you need to to live. Yeah. Uh, and that's the only way that it, it can even touch the local news anymore. It's uh it's really been an eventful January. I mean, I think we had a I think my my kids have had at least a day off of school. The ones at least in Jefferson Parish have had at least a day off of school every single week of this year for some giant catastrophe. There was a freeze. There was a flood. There was uh, lacking water. I mean, it's just been one thing after another. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we won't get those days of school back. What's it going to be this week? Locust? I know. Yeah. It's Beatles? Like, yeah. Global pandemic? Yeah. <laughs> the next thing that can possibly occur uh to this town and it is it was funny though because every time i was thinking of uh going somewhere the last couple days i was like oh gotta make sure to go to orleans parish (laughs) you know the panacea the paradise (laughs) weight of uh where we want to be orleans parish that's like i'm always like oh yeah gotta make sure to get to orleans that's where the good stuff is (laughs) that's where the clean safe drinking water is in orleans parish yeah they finally got one over on us yeah, they got to <laughs> hold one over our heads finally <laughs> they won that one so yeah i had to go uh use the bathroom at city park one day oh god that was really exciting because the like, toilets didn't flush for a day and a half well they have like the prison toilets there don't they where there's like no partitions and it's like the steel <laughs> there's no toilet seat there's no toilet paper i had to go drop something off at lakeview i was like i guess i might as well go to city park to use the bathroom <laughs> That is a real sign of the apocalypse. Man. (laughs) It's a really bad scene. And no one's going to believe you. No. They're going to see you in that bathroom (laughs) on a Tuesday afternoon and be like, drugs? Drugs or gay sex? Which one is it? (laughs) It's like, I just have to pee. I just need to do it inside Orleans Parish because I don't want my whole house to smell like pee. Yeah. Uh, It was a bad scene. That was not fun. I, I don't remember ever not having any water. Our boil water advisories happen, but where it's like you have zero water. Yeah, there was the boil water advisory, but there was no nothing to boil. Yes. So it was like spit into uh, a pot and you yeah. could boil that. It was a weird uh it was a weird scene. And then Scott Walker just keeps posting things on Facebook and Twitter and whatever, and everyone's like, Man, thank you so much. You're doing a great job. You're awesome. Like, isn't it his job to kind of make sure that the pipes don't explode? <laughs> It's like I'm not saying it's exclusively his fault, but let's not, you know, just getting on Facebook for 30 seconds and saying, like, we're working on it. We know we're trying. And everyone's like, oh, you're the best. You're what a great communicator you are. I'm like the bar is so low that everybody else is too stupid in local government. <laughs> There's nobody in Orleans Parish has ever gotten in front of a microphone and told people what's happening. It's like, this is extremely easy, but all of you are so dumb. This is the only guy who's ever been able to be like, if I just film a 45-second ad Mm -hmm. of telling people what's happening, they will appreciate it very much. And we do appreciate it. But he's not accomplishing anything by doing it. He's saying very obvious things. Like, we're working on the pipe. We hope to have it done soon. Everyone's like, oh, thanks so much. But that's better than than nothing. That's better than him flying to Tahiti. (laughs) 
Who is Scott Walker? He used to be on the news. He's now a councilman in Jefferson Parish. Okay. Yeah. And but he's uh, well known for for updates. So good for him. He's going to end up being like the governor of Louisiana because he's good at giving like 35 second updates. I can do that. So good for him. That's the newsman in you. That's great. Yeah. So we made it through. We all survived. Everybody's here. Um, and we're still, I, I mean, I haven't been totally filled with bacteria yet, so I guess the water didn't poison anybody. Yeah, I'm using the, I'm like, can I use the bidet or will that send the brain-eating amoeba <laughs> directly to my skull with like a jet propulsion? It'll be a faster route uh, yeah. to death. Because which... it's not like a tinkle, it's like a, you know, a fire hose. <laughs> I don't think I installed it right. <laughs> Oh, God, man. Um, in the meantime... But luckily, I haven't been drinking any water. I've just been smoking cigarettes. <laughs> that's good. We've got that uh, Diet Coke <laughs> cigarettes. Yes, that's what we needed. The Dollar General Diet. <laughs> Monster Energies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's also Mardi Gras season. I, I mean, this is like the most basic bitch thing in the world to say. It really had, like, when I was at Crew de Vues this weekend, I was uh-huh. like, that happened very fast. Yeah. I was like, it feels like Christmas was four days ago. I cannot believe it's Crew de Vues already. Did you go? To Crew de Vues? Yeah. No, it's I, it's on Saturday, and there's uh, I'm supposed to go. There's no way I'm going to go. Because all I do is for five seconds think about parking, and then I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that. Or I'm waiting for an Uber, and then I'm like, oh, <laughs> No, heavens no. I thought about it. You know, I'll go out there and see the R2-D2s or whatever they have. Yeah. <laughs> but then I was like, all right, if I get there and I park, my car will be A, stolen, B, window shattered, <laughs> C, removed, towed away. Yeah, Because that's the only time that they'll tow somebody. Before it's a like parade. Dr- before a parade. Yeah. And I know I'm going to mess up and something like that will happen. <laughs> or my window will get smashed and they'll steal my, you know, magazines and air fresheners, whatever. <laughs> Some blue Gatorades from, from six months ago. Yeah, uh, it's it really is the, the neurotic uh, Jew uh, in me just really comes out when I think about the logistics of anything regarding Mardi Gras. Yeah. It but then you think about all the free stuff they throw out <laughs> and the Jews like, well, I should go. <laughs> That's just, I was like, I You're laughing at that. I, I just want to say that Kush <laughs> is laughing at that, and he wrote it. He told me to say it. I was like, I don't want any of this. I don't. How many times can I look at a paper mache version of Donald Trump getting uh, anally violated? I was like, I don't. I I know what's it's going to say. You know, yeah. it's going to have Latoya with a dick in her mouth. It's like, all right, we. I get it. Like, you guys are so edgy. This is so crazy. Um, That's most of the reviews for our podcast. I know. <laughs> And I also, you know, obviously, if I see like one speck of rain in the forecast, you're like, forget it. No, no way I can do that. So I just uh, it's basically a microcosm of my life of trying my hardest to make excuses and uh, to not do things. Yeah. And it was freezing. That's a good excuse as well. Always. Yeah. So it's going to be I don't know. I don't know what the weather's supposed to be like Saturday. If it's like this fog, that could actually be kind of cool. Um, well, the parades are dropping out. All the parades you've never heard of are, oh, are discontinuing. Are ones closing? Yeah, like there was some crew of, I don't know, they like cut hair or some shit. Crew of barbers, yes. They, <laughs> <laughs> the crew of Barberinos. They said yes. they weren't doing it. There was some other. It's no one you've heard of. No, of course not. It's like the crew of, you know, Steve. <laughs> 
I do like some of those Metairie ones where it's like a hundred people in the yeah. whole crew, and it's like, are people really going out there to watch this? I, I think they are. Yeah. The stands have been set up out there by the mall for like a month now. People are ready. Oh my god! People are ready to put on their LSU windbreaker, <laughs> their wraparound <laughs> shades, their cargo shorts with eight pockets on them, filled with nothing. <laughs> And they're going to go out there and get in a fight with an 18-year-old. Exactly. Over a pair of plastic beads that they will never see Yeah, that say 2011 yeah. on them. <laughs> and then they will literally they'll fight to the death over a, a pair of sunglasses that's on the ground that they will lose within four seconds of the parade. Without question. Yeah, it's a, a lovely tradition. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm just gonna do the main events this year. I think I'm just gonna do Fat Tuesday, uh-huh. Lundy Gras, and then of course Valentine's Day the next day. Oh, is it Valentine's Day? Valentine's Day is, is the day after. Wow. Yeah, Ash Wednesday. Yeah, well, that's gonna be. I've, it's fallen on. It's gonna interrupt your plans of forgetting completely about Valentine's. Yeah, that's day. gonna really interrupt my uh, <laughs> not doing anything. Taking for taking day. the lady to Costco to get a hot dog, <laughs> a heart shaped pizza from Papa John's. <laughs> that's a t- tradition in the Kushner household. Some uh, cookies from the American Cookie Company and a taken baby pizza. <laughs> that's how we say we love each other in our house. <laughs> And it still counts. The thought is what counts. Yeah. Do you imagine buying jewelry for Valentine's Day? Uh, you got to be a real schmuck. Yeah, you I'm gotta, not doing that. Got a real bozo. Yeah, on Ash Wednesday. She's gonna things. be. She's gonna be happy with the Nintendo Switch I get her. <laughs> it's a bowling ball with my name on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? You can get somebody for the holidays. That's such a lovely thing to is Pelicans tickets. They're out there. The weeknight games have been very empty, and the Pelicans have played remarkably well in them. Uh, Tuesday night, the Pelicans murdered the Utah Jazz, as they had done the previous Tuesday night against the Hornets. And, of course, in between then, when they get the sold-out, full-house, big game, uh, they got smashed by the Utah Jazz, and then they got smashed by the Clippers. I guess that was a few weeks earlier on a Friday night. It's kind of a theme for the Pelicans. To start with, the Pelicans are a good team, mm-hmm. right? We can say that. Do you feel confident in saying that? Absolutely. They're a good team. I think so. It's the first time in a while that I feel like I could say that at this point in the season. That yeah. I feel very confident that this is a playoff team, that they're going to end up hovering near 50 wins, if not over. Uh, I, you know, injuries or whatever can derail things, but the way you look at them, you're like, more often than not, they are going to be matched uh, a favorable matchup to win the game that night when you look at an NBA schedule. And that's good team building. That's a, a, a deep roster. That's guys who are showing up most nights to play pretty hard. Uh, the problem is that whenever they face, for the most part, the exception I think of Minnesota seems to be the only team that's really good, uh, who they just do not struggle against every other contender they seem to run up against they are getting far behind and they don't look like they belong on the same court as them and that makes it hard to really wrap your brain around the idea of what they are as like a contender it's like you can be a playoff team and you're kind of built for the regular season and it does feel like the pelicans are like that a little bit but that seems like for now that should be enough to satisfy most of us right i think it is 100 percent on track for the goal of this season yeah and the pelicans are getting better 
And yeah. I think Willie Green is getting better as a coach. I mean, against the Jazz, we got to see this kind of new scheme of having Point Zion being really involved yeah. in the first couple minutes. He touched the ball in the first six or seven plays. He had four or six points in the first half of the first quarter, yeah. and it made a really big difference, especially with Zion's effort. You know, we have been up Zion's ass about being a beanbag chair out there, <laughs> and I think it is safe to say that Zion, while he might not be in immaculate condition, I think he's in the best shape we've seen Zion mm -hmm. in the NBA, and he really seems to have a purpose out there playing point Zion. He yeah. has an energy. He seems to personally like it. And it, it helps the team uh, more than he has just being big, giant, soft-handed Zion under the rim. Yeah, he definitely is playmaking, uh, which is something that I kind of knew he could do but didn't know at what level. Mm -hmm. But it helps that they've got guys who can shoot the ball, especially when Herb Jones is making threes like he did Tuesday night. I don't think you can rely on that necessarily. But when you're playing Hawkins over Alvarado, that helps a lot. And when McCollum is drilling threes, that helps a lot. He's been really good. Even Valanchunas and Nance and those guys who aren't normally guys who are going to make it, you've just got a lot of... And Brandon Ingram is taking mm -hmm. a ton of threes. He didn't... For a long time, he was so reliant on that deep two. He seems to be... They seem to all have sort of bought into the idea of if this guy can crater in the inside of the defense... And all these dudes are going to be open outside. And if you get those looks, you're going to make them in a lot of games. The problem is that they were two for 23 against Phoenix. Right. And meanwhile, you shoot 60% against Utah and against Charlotte. And it's like, I don't understand what the difference is because the looks are almost identical. Uh, it's not as if the Suns were closing out and they were much more difficult shots. It feels... A little bit mental, a little bit like it, it, they they kind of uh, are front runners. Like when mm -hmm. they when it's easier for them to play downhill than it is to catch up, um, and and it's a very odd position that they find themselves in that way. But they're they're a good team. They're going to win a lot of games. I feel very confident more often than not um, that they're going to win when they show up, and and that's something that. We have not been able to say about this team in so long, and, and it doesn't feel like there's that much enthusiasm toward them right now, uh, despite the fact they're winning at a clip that I think all of us before the season would have said, yeah, this is exactly what we're looking for. They kind of have not hit that spark. They haven't had that moment that's kind of turned people uh, into you know full froth mm -hmm. as they uh, move forward. Well, all of those moments, the Clippers especially, and the Lakers especially, yeah. the Pelicans, I think you're right about playing uphill for them because they're a pretty good road team, and they're an incredible team when nobody's watching. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I, I, the Jazz are not a bad team. You know, I think they'd won eight of the last 11 or yeah. something like that. It's just the expectations around the Pelicans have been met and they're just kind of, you know, simmering right now. There yeah. hasn't been a huge explosion. And I think all of the regular fans are just satisfied and happy. And they kind of don't really know how to express that beyond going to the games, watching them, talking about them, listening to podcasts. There has not been a huge explosion for the fan base yet. 
But what's happening is really good, and I don't think is a discredit to what the Pelicans are doing. I think the fan base just hasn't been here before, yeah. or hasn't been here in a very long time. In a long time, because the only other playoff season in the last, I guess, six years? I don't know how long ago the AD run was. But even then, they weren't very good until after the All-Star break, that team. Yeah. That was when Cousins got hurt, etc. Um, the only other team that was good really got hot very very late and made the play-in game kind of in the last you know week of the season uh they have not had like a, a full a full season of being a competitive good team and it just feels like it's sort of flown under the radar like and i say that because last tuesday against charlotte it was pretty empty in there you could get in a lower bowl for 40 50 bucks which is about what it was when the team sucked. Mm -hmm. And then the game against Phoenix was packed, and it was very expensive to get in there. And they, of course, shit the bed. And then the next time against Utah, it's the back to the same thing of, like, the upper bowl is 20% full. It was a nice crowd, but it wasn't, like, people weren't that fired up, with the exception of the two Zion uh, alley-oops. It wasn't all that fired up. It was kind of a listless crowd. As you scored a franchise record, 150 points, uh, which you would think would be something that would be very memorable and very exciting. And it was sort of like, that was cool. Yeah. But that's as much as you could do. It does feel like people are excited or not excited. I think they're content with where the team is. But you would just haven't, you need like the spark to get people to want to go. I think right now people are going out of like, well, I guess I can go see the Pelicans or I should go see the Pelicans or. I go see him three times a year, so I'll go see him. And you're not getting that like, oh, I gotta go. I gotta go watch this team. We gotta yeah. go see Zion play. We gotta go see what. It does not yet feel like an event to go to a Pelicans game. And maybe it will take till after the All Star break. Maybe it takes till after the Super Bowl. I don't know what that is. Saint season has been over for a long time now. Mm -hmm. College has been over for a, a while now. Uh, I don't. I, I would have expected it to catch on a little bit faster. The weekends are there. But the weeknights are still pretty rough. Yeah, and I think some of that is just environmental. You know, the the Suns game was on a Friday against a championship contender. Yeah. The Jazz and the Hornets are weekday games. Yeah. It's cold. It's rainy. It's shitty. Yeah. You know, there's a million. Whenever it's not ideal out, I feel like a lot of New Orleans finds a reason yeah. to just go to the bar <laughs> down the street. Yeah. Pelicans... If they were the number two, number three seed right now, I, I don't even know if it would feel that different just mm -hmm. because New Orleans has not had that culture of the Pelicans being an event yet. Yeah. What are some things that can change that? Every player on the team has a role in, in the system currently. I don't think there's going to be any sort of deadline trade. There's not going to be a C.J. McCollum-level trade that yeah. brings somebody in that gets people really pumped up. I don't think anything to do with the All-Star break will get people pumped up. I think this is just where the Pelicans stay the course, keep building up, and then whenever games start to mean something, then it will have that event-like atmosphere. And I, I think that's fine. You're probably right. And they don't play much at home at all in February. I think they have five total home games in February because there's, the, there's Mardi Gras then there's the all-star break and there's they're just not home much yeah home. they've been home a lot uh the last you know two months uh so they will not be home much in february i think that will help 
uh, the fact that there's just going to be fewer dates mm -hmm. that people are going to want to go, you know, and they're going to be like, well, like, the game's not for a week and a half. The game's not, it's not like the game, there's a game in two days. Uh, so I think that part will help. And then, yeah, if they're like actually in contention toward the end of the season, the momentum usually starts to build in that direction then. But right now, it does feel like everyone's sort of waiting for one big win, you know, go beat the Lakers. I think they play the Lakers on the road on the Friday, like Hermes Friday night. And it's like, that's a Fox eight game. They've had two Fox eight games since they made this deal to get off Bally's, which have done great numbers. Yeah. You know, they've, they've done like five X what they were doing on Bally's, but both games have gotten annihilated. <laughs> they played Denver on the road. They were down 20 in the first half. They played Phoenix last week. They were down 20 in the first half. So, you haven't really seen the fruits of uh, of getting that exposure. So it does feel like they're waiting for something to turn. Friday night is an opportunity. I don't know how much the average person realizes that the Oklahoma City Thunder is the two seed right now uh, in second place in the West. I don't think the average person here knows who most of the guys that Thunder are. Uh, maybe the Shea Gilgis-Alexander, but outside of that, I don't think they've got a lot of household names that people connect with being a great NBA team. So while it is a big game, it's not it's not Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal coming here. Yeah. It's not the Nuggets who are the defending champions. It's not even the Warriors like or the Lakers. So I don't know if it'll fully connect, but it is a very big opportunity that they have to at least, you know, from a basketball perspective, get themselves a win and show themselves and show others that they can contend at a higher level than just winning and cranking out workmanlike regular season games. Yeah. I think Oklahoma should be, you know, Memphis was is kind of the rival when John Morant is playing. The Lakers are sort of the unofficial better than us rival. Yeah. Oklahoma should be the rival. We can beat Oklahoma. You would think they're, they're like close <laughs> by. They're sponsored by a truck stop. <laughs> Come on, Chet Holmgren, get over it. Yeah, they, they 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 remember this can get they the tried people to steal going. Our team, you know, yeah. they tried to steal our team after Katrina. There is there should be they knocked us out of the play in last year, I believe. Yeah, God, that would have been so fun to watch that team play. Josh Giddy, <laughs> need I say <laughs> more? I say more? <laughs> Come Just on, look guys. them up. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, if there are no environmental hazards, you know, you you talked about your kids having a day or two off from school every week for the last month. Yeah. That's weekday stuff. That keeps you from wanting to go out. Yeah, that's certainly true. <clears throat> so maybe if the roads would quit exploding <laughs> and the water would flow out of the pipes, I think that would help the Pelicans a little bit. Can you help. imagine going to a Pelicans game and they're like, we don't, uh, we don't have any water. It was a real... Not that anybody drinks water at a basketball <laughs> game, but the, the implication... It was a real weird moment of going from an NBA game with all the bells and whistles and fourteen dollar beers, mm -hmm. etc. You know, and you're getting they're you know throwing T-shirts out of the cannon and whatever, and then you get back home and there's literally no water coming out of the faucet. You can't flush your <laughs> toilet. And I was like, what the hell is going on? What weird combination of first and third world am I currently operating in right now <laughs> that is bending my mind into a, a place that you? you that is rarely experienced in uh, the world today. You're the first person to go to an NBA game, have Kevin Durant fall on you, <laughs> and, 
and then you go home and have to light candles because there's no power and you bathe yourself in Axe cologne because there's no water. I was like, this is really freaking me out, man. I was like, I don't quite understand how to, I don't know how to reconcile what's happening right now. How did now. Durant fall on you? Where was this? I was sitting uh, next to Morris Bart oh. uh, on Friday night against the Suns. Very nice. And uh, Mr. Durant. Did you get hit by a truck? Uh, <laughs> how did you get that seat? He's a, 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 a friend, a family friend. <laughs> He's not a sponsor of the podcast yet. We'll get him there. Um, but the, uh, yeah, we he, uh, he being Kevin Durant, was going for a loose ball and uh, just fell right on top of me. Wow. He was very sweaty yeah. and large. He was kind. He was a nice guy. Oh, he nice. asked if I was okay. I said, I am okay. You said, fuck you. <laughs> hey, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he got teed up by the lady ref at one point oh, uh, during the game, and he literally just kept going. He goes, I wasn't even talking to you. What are you doing? Do you have any idea what's going on in this league? He just was She's like, terrible. It was so funny because he's like he yelled at himself after like missing a uh, he like fouled somebody and he was like God damn it like he was like, kind of like yelling at himself right and uh, he was like his head was down and the lady teed him up and he just goes you have no idea what you're doing he goes I was not talking to you <laughs> and they eventually like pull him away and she, and, she, and she's like well you're talking to me now he's like yes I am talking to you now do you want to throw me out of the game. And then, like, yeah, twenty minutes later, he uh, he threw me out. Wow! So, or he fell on me. So it was uh, it was a, a cool experience down there. That's incredible. I'm Mr. Courtside in this city. Dang, you know, Tulane, U and O. This is a little different level. Man. Um, but yeah, it was it was a uh, an interesting experience. But and that the place was ready to explode. I mean, that building was. Full, like all the way to the top, and everyone was ready to be there. And I do think they're going to get a couple more chances like that this season. Um, but yeah, they they need to at least compete in those games. It's been mm-hmm. bad. Uh, the handful of really good crowds they've had this season, uh, you know, they've not performed terribly well. Well, what I like about this team is they have the building blocks to score fifteen points in two and a half minutes. Yeah. They just haven't done it to win a game yet. Yeah. They've done it to go up by 30. Mm-hmm. I just want to see them. I mean, they, you know, they, they remind me a little bit of a, of a mid 2000s Golden State right now. Yeah. There's just a lot more of those teams. Yeah. That's the big difference, right? Is there's, it feels like everybody in the league who's good can have that similar explosion, but they are among those teams now, which is a huge difference. Like mm-hmm. the fact is that Trey Murphy has played terribly and they're still shooting the hell out of the ball. Right. You know, like CJ McCollum has been fantastic for most of this season. Uh, not necessarily in the fourth quarter, but a lot of, you know, in during his shooting numbers have been great. Mm-hmm. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Maybe you're looking at that 51.5 over on the Lions 49ers, or maybe that 3.5 spread for the Chiefs against the Ravens. It's your call, but they seem pretty good to me. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code Polk and Cush. New customers can bet just five bucks to get two hundred instantly in bonus bets. 
Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code Polk and Cush. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 seven, or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, twenty one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And Hawkins has come off the bench, and they're finally playing him instead of Jose, which I think has made a huge difference in their firepower as far as being able to score. And like you do, you look up and down the roster, you're like, everybody fits a spot. Everything's good. The only thing they're missing is the very top of the roster. I don't know how good B.I. and Zion are, and that's where you start feeling like there's a ceiling on them. That's why they're 60-1 to to win the finals, even though they have like the ninth best record in the NBA, Mm -hmm. because they're like, nobody believes they can go win a bunch of playoff series because their best players in almost any matchup against another playoff team, their two best players are not as good as the other two teams' best players. And that is usually where the rubber meets the road in a playoff series. And it still feels like the two best players are not gelling in a way that spectacular two-man all-star teams gel. Yeah, Like, it's kind of one-on, one-off, one-on, one-off, unless it's a 40-point blowout (laughs) against bums. Yeah. But it, I can't think of an example from this season where it was a closely contested game against a good team and B.I. and Zion are just trading off blows. Like, it, it does not seem to be working that way. Yeah. Now, I don't say, you know, send one of them off. And, you know, I, I think that you need to stick with what is working right now and see where it leads to. I don't want to get into the, you know, B.I. or Zion or whatever. I'm, I'm sick of that, and I'm, I'm happy with where the team is for once in my life. <laughs> Do you think Jose has a role at all on this team coming back in? A lot of people are questioning Najee Marshall. Yeah. Why is Najee Marshall getting these minutes? Is it just because he's a little bit larger than some guys is it because he's a locker room culture guy he's a vet willie green does you know willie green does he have a soft spot for definitely guys that are you know kind of bench warming ish guys that can put up eight points a game that are tough dudes tough they can guard multiple positions and that's you know there are always going to be things to to optimize, right? And I do think at the trade deadline, the only thing you might see difference is them trying to get a different type of center. I think Jonas has played great most of the season, yeah. but they just need a different type of center for this team, which is someone who's a little bit more athletic and someone who can block shots and rebound a little bit better, not necessarily just score. This team can score plenty, yeah. and Jonas's best ass- asset is pretty much his scoring, a little bit of rebounding, but... They need someone who's probably a little more athletic, but I could see them not wanting to mess with the chemistry of this team at all and stick with Jonas for the end of the season and just see what a playoff series even looks like Mm -hmm. with these guys. I wouldn't fault them for that either. Um, I don't, 
there was a lot of blame every time they lose with Willie Green's rotations and he's an idiot, whatever. And it's like, look, they show up most nights. They play hard. I he is getting incrementally more with the times every single right every like other week. You're like, okay, he's making the adjustments. Taking a little longer than people want. People want to push him, you know, a little faster than he wants to be pushed. But he's getting. He there. is actually doing them. He's I doing mean, them. Yeah. Everybody, myself included, is flipping out about Jordan Hawkins yes. not getting minutes. Everybody was losing their minds over Jordan Hawkins. Then he started playing. Yeah, and a lot of people are losing their minds over not utilizing Zion in the first quarter, not utilizing Point Zion. That's happening now. Yeah. There is a lot that there is to like. Uh, I don't think we should take that for granted. And it is definitely being taken for granted yeah. a lot. People are saying, you know, if you're going to make a trade, how does that help you get a championship? Who, championship? Shut up. Shut up. We're not talking about championship. Let's, let's see if we can get a, a seven-game playoff series. How yeah. does that sound? How about home court advantage in a playoff series? That has not happened here in 15 years. Like 17 years they haven't had a home court in a playoff series, okay? So let's try to get that first. Yeah, That would be a nice first step, game one of a playoff series at home. I don't think that's happened since 2008. Uh, that would be a, a good step. Where they're at right now, yes, you can sense a ceiling. Yes, you can sense problems. Yes, you can you know say they're not a contender contender. But I do think they're in a good place. They've got a lot of good players. I don't think you can be negative about them. I am the most negative person on planet Earth. They do shit the bed in big games. Let's call that what it is. But there's more big games to be played. Everything's going to be sorted out over time. I am not betting on them in any playoff series, no matter what seed that they are in. Uh, But at the same time, it is a nice moment to say, okay, take a step back. Enjoy the position they're in because Pretty much every other year at this time, we're saying fire everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the building is on, the the building is about to you know sink into the Mississippi, and everything's uh you know just a, a total disaster. That's not happening this year. So let's enjoy that for one. The it building is. could sink into the Mississippi. <laughs> yes, a but pipe is definitely not going metaphorically, to burst. <laughs> quite literally. Yes, when a pipe bursts in the middle of the you know uh, game two of the playoffs, be like, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't have got home court advantage. Uh, Speaking of everything bursting, falling apart, and being in flames, we're going to talk about the New Orleans Saints next, so stick around uh, right here, Polk and Kush. The Garden Gates Landscape Company is your key to a stunning outdoor haven. Did you lose some plants with the freeze? Don't worry. We are here to help you transform your garden into a lush paradise. Planning and designing your dream outdoor space takes time, so why wait? Schedule an appointment right now to ensure that you are on the books for the spring. Led by the talented Jesse Edmondson, our team specializes in crafting landscapes that are not only breathtaking, but also functional. From landscape architecture design to artificial turf, planting, irrigation, lighting, and maintenance, we've got everything for you to bring your outdoor vision to life. Speaking of irrigation... If you're dreaming of a perfectly watered garden before the summer heat kicks in, 
Now is the time to act because it's going to be coming very, very soon. I know it doesn't feel like that with the fog surrounding us, but there will be a time where you actually do want moisture on your grass. Uh, So call us today at 504-608-4606, 504-608-4606 to get the work done in time. Jesse and his team are licensed and insured to install top-notch irrigation systems for your home. But Mr. Polk... That's not all. Now is also the perfect time to illuminate your landscape with all the exquisite lighting solutions and indulge in the beauty of artificial turf that stays vibrant through all the seasons. I just got artificial turf. Everybody in my neighborhood's front yard looks like absolute garbage scum. (laughs) They look like clowns, and I look like a genius on a beautiful green garden that my kids can roll up and down on. No mud, no fuss, no muss fantastic one of the best investments you're the green king baby oh one of the best i already had it in the backyard just got it finished in the front yard i am a genius everyone comes and looks by my house they go oh why would i why wouldn't i do this how can i compete with this i know i I look like an absolute idiot compared to scott kushner over here the kushners look like the royalty of this neighborhood so why wait Reach out to jesse edmondson and the team today 504-608-4606 or visit www.thegardengateslandscapecompany.com to schedule a consultation. Let Garden Gates Landscape Company weave magic into your outdoor space today. Your dream garden awaits. That is a sponsor. Oh, when the saints go marching down into the pits. Of despair mm. we fall. I want to mm. kill everyone in the building. <laughs> I hate this team. I hate them. Everything they've done makes me so mad and I have to quit. I think I have to quit. I get so annoyed every thing that they do and I have to stop. Make me stop, Polk. I got to go to the games on Sundays because I have kids who like going too much. Yeah. And my, it's a family thing. We've had tickets in the family. Yeah, it sounds 19- like a family. <laughs> <laughs> We've had tickets in the family since 1967. I'm not going to quit. I'm not giving them up. But good Lord, I, I just, I'm disgusted. You might get them taken away. Yeah, that would be God. What a blessing that would be. God, I could just rail on them if that happened. Could I make a suggestion for this part of the show? Yes. Could you chew gum the entire time? <laughs> could you just put an old gob of juicy fruit in your mouth and smack away <laughs> like a cow chewing cud? It's just insulting, man. They it just We've used the word arrogant a thousand times. You couldn't have built the uh, illust- you couldn't have illustrated an image and a sound of arrogance better than that exact moment of just listening him chomp away and read out the records of Tom Landry and Chuck Knoll and Bill Belichick when comparing Dennis Allen. To I I wish he had been smoking. Yes, and I wish his chair was backwards. <laughs> He was sitting in it like a cool substitute teacher. Or like the bad guy on Inspector Gadget. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Claw. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is uh they don't they don't 
we've said it a million times. They don't care what you think. We're idiots. We're idiots. And they know we're not going anywhere. What and, can we do? Yeah. We're they, not going to see Mickey Loomis at the grocery store and be like, <laughs> hey, you putts. <laughs> we're the reason yeah. people come to see the team. We're the people that come to see the team, yeah. you fraud. Yeah. And he knows he's never getting fired. He's basic, He is, the in many ways... He is the de facto owner of the team. And it's it's such a level that there's no chance anything is going to happen that he knows that his public persona is very unimportant mm-hmm. um, to like him keeping his job. I do think if they have one more horrific draft, offseason, etc., and things really bottom out, which they could this year coming up, uh, I do think he'll probably hire someone and call them the general manager just to save face, but he'll still be on charge of the entire football operation. Yeah. He's not going anywhere, but I could see this being the last year where he has to sit in front of a press conference and answer these stupid questions because he doesn't want to do it anymore. He really doesn't have to do it, but he still kind of wants the title of being the guy who's building the team. Um, Everything he said made no sense. Uh, They've missed on so many Guys, you just watch the playoffs, and it feels like every week there's another guy who used to play for the Saints who's killing somebody and making a huge play, and who the Saints got nothing for. And I don't know, man. And then you watch the these teams around the NFL are getting coaches like the Chargers signed Jim Harbaugh, and you're like, what did the Chargers ever do? You know, like you don't. Bill Belichick is sitting out there, and you've got Dennis Allen. Like, what what's going on? What's going on? It kind of reminded me of uh, the movie Office Space when they bring Peter in for his review. Yeah. He's like chewing gum, (laughs) wearing (laughs) a sweatsuit, puts his feet up on the desk. He's like, you know what? I don't care. (laughs) And I guess the local media is the people interviewing him going, wow, straight shooter. (laughs) Yeah. I like this guy. I like the cut of his jib. <laughs> He's, he literally read off the record of Tom Landry and Chuck. That was like 50 years ago. I was like, what does that have to do with anything? All I could think was if I could manifest myself there, was just raising my hand and going, follow-up question, do you think Dennis Allen is comparable <laughs> to Tom Landry? It's like, what are you talking about? Like he had he had some losing seasons. That's right. Uh, Fifty years ago, <laughs> in a completely different the NFL. The NFL. And then nothing what, like this. What happened after that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just so. Yeah, how about you name the uh, other nine hundred coaches that have had four losing records yeah. and then got fired and were never coaches again? Well, you know who like, had the same coaching record as Tom Landry's first year, uh, Hugh Jackson. <laughs> like, do you think they should have just stuck with him? What are you talking about? That was so ridiculous. That was his main. That was like the argument he came in to make. That was like he read that off a note card. Yeah, that was. The he one. said he'd been waiting for that question. <laughs> was the one he came in prepared to answer and that and shut everybody up was let's compare him to chuck knoll and tom landry what year was that 1962 like that is like before segregation ended like what what are we talking about 
<laughs> like oh, Tom Landry, that is bananas. Yeah, and you that said is, it's so matter of fact too. Like, oh, you doofuses, yeah. you don't know. Yeah, I mean, you can throw those numbers out, and I suppose technically it's numbers only, not incorrect. But the the simple fact of the matter is. Do you think this is going to be one of the greatest head coaches of all time? <laughs> it's also not his first three seasons. Right. It's not his first two years. That's He's talking as if this is like the beginning of his career. It's like, no, he's entering his sixth season as a head coach. So none of what you talked about is relevant at all. And then he, <laughs> the best part was then, I believe it was the reporter from the Times-Picayune, Matthew uh, Paris, I believe is his name. Followed up and was like, well, you know, he coached the Raiders for three years. I don't know if you you didn't mention that in your list of records. And he said, well, you know, the Raiders had a lot of cap problems. <laughs> it's like, uh, well, you know, who has the least cap space in the NFL right now? Uh, you. Every finger in the uh, room is, is pointing at you because you have the least amount of cap room. You have an aging roster. Oh, he also said the team wasn't old, which I really appreciated. Yeah. It's like, well, uh, age is just a number. I was like, oh. Sure, you have the oldest roster in the NFL. You are getting appreciably worse by the season. You had the easiest schedule in the NFL, and you have no cap room. Nothing about this says stay the course. Like, there's not a single metric that if you were looking at it objectively, if you were in a uh, in a boardroom and you pointed to all of these various things that anybody would come in from the outside and go like, yeah, you know, I think, you know, you just do one or two things right and keep everybody in place. I think you're in a good position to win the Super Bowl pretty soon. It's like there's no chance that's ever going to happen. He specifically said when asked about the age of the roster, he said he didn't care. That's <laughs> great. He's like, if you look at it, there's really not that much of a gap between us and the youngest team in the league. It was like, would you rather be the young? I'm sure if you were the youngest team in the league, you would have said that 400 times during the press conference that we have the youngest team in the NFL. And suddenly then it would have been a very big gap. Yeah, that would have been. I mean, he's on another planet. Yeah. I also do wonder, and this is, I guess, the most optimistic thing I can give him. How much is just him? He he just says things in a, in a way to protect the feelings of the guys who work for him and under the surface, he makes the moves that he thinks will be best. And he's in all of the noise that he makes, because all of his public comments have been completely demented this season. Nothing he has said has made any sense. I mean, he's, he said he's had like four or five press things that I've heard that are just like bananas, stupid to say out loud. And I can't even believe it's real. Um, it, it's like, and nobody will talk about it. Everyone's like, oh, well, Mickey Loomis said this. And I was like, no, you can't get, no, 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 you don't stop there. You have to say, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And Mickey <laughs> Loomis said it. Like, he's continued to say incredibly stupid things every single week. And uh, throughout the, every time his name bubbles up to the top. So my thought, though, is like, he might just be saying this because he knows he's stuck with all these guys for another year. He knows this is what's going to happen. And so it's like, I might as well sound like I am defending them or that they think that I'm in their corner. But meanwhile, I kind of understand we're screwed and we have to take a different tact. And perhaps they'll do some things this offseason that we're not expecting. I don't feel like that's going to happen, uh, that they'll probably continue to do things the exact way they've been doing it, which is routinely kicking the can down the road to pay the tax another day. 
uh, basically, you know, wiggle around the the salary cap to where you're have very limited amounts of room and the room that you use, you kind of have to get things right and they don't get a lot of things right. Yeah. It's like they've made decisions that you're like, okay, like some of these are good decisions. Like Rashid Shaheed was a great personnel decision, right? Mm-hmm. A.T. Perry is a great personnel decision. Um, they've got some dudes who I feel like they've done well with and there's just been so many high profile complete misses that they don't own Peyton Turner. Does like, does he exist? You've used four first round picks on Marcus Davenport, Peyton Turner and Trevor Penning. That is a zero. You've gotten zero from four first round picks. And that is a No team can survive that. Did you uh, happen to hear Mickey Loomis defending Trevor Penning? Yeah, it's amazing. That He's was young. He was, you know, kind of thrown to the wolves. <laughs> By who? <laughs> the coach <laughs> who you're keeping. <laughs> like, who threw him to the wolves? Uh-huh. So whose fault is that? It's either your first round pick sucks or your coach sucks. Which one? Neither? That, okay. I thought that was one of the most egregious things. It's stated. all so in, it's all so intellectually uh insulting that I truly do believe he knows what he's doing and that nothing he says is actually means anything about what he's going to do. It's the only way I can possibly piece it together. What's the in my benefit brain. of that for his personal relationships? Yes. Cuz so, it's not saving face in the league. No, I don't think he's trying to I think he's literally just trying to get the people who work for him to think that he's defending them. And that, why? Because that I guess matters more than we realize. And I think he doesn't care at all what the public thinks of him. Clearly he doesn't care. First of all, he knows the local media is never going to go crazy on him and be like, you know, fire Mickey Loomis and everybody's writing. They're just never going to do that here. And and that's probably true of a lot of NFL cities, but it's definitely true here where they're not going to go crazy on him particularly. So, I think everything he says is just this very weird way of defending every single person that is in the building with him right now. And therefore, he doesn't care what the reaction is. So maybe it's all just noise. I'm just spitballing through this because if he's what he's saying, he actually believes he's one of the dumbest human beings on planet Earth. And he can't be one of the dumbest human beings. He built a very good football team multiple times over. Now, Drew Brees aided a lot of that. Sean Payton aided a lot of that. But he can't be that stupid to where he has become this totally ludicrously out of touch and out of date with what's occurring directly in front of his face. Right? Well, I was really just trying to decode, I guess, what he expects the fans to think. And it seems overwhelmingly that he's just reinforcing that it's a slow process Trust the process. That's the only thing I could gather from it. There is no process. They're old. But like one thing that he kept, you know, he's talking about these historic coaches, great records, and how they're doing things right, and age doesn't matter. That's kind of that's telling me like stick with the plan. Stuff doesn't happen right away, but stuff does happen right away. The Saints got to the NFC Championship. Sean Payton's first year? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. First year. 
<laughs> yeah, it does happen. And then he was that like, was the last significant thing to happen with the franchise that was unexpected in a in a great way. He also, but then he like going along the lines of just being intellectually dishonest. Then he was like, then we went seven and seven and nine and eight and eight, and people were calling for Sean Payton's job. I was like, no, they weren't. No one was calling for Sean Payton's job after two thousand eight. No one. They had an incredible offense. Their defense sucked. Everyone knew that this guy was a good coach and that Drew Brees was a good quarterback. No one was saying to blow it up. Literally no one. I'm the most negative person in the world. The 2008 Saints made me crazy, but no one thought they should fire the coach and get a new quarterback. There's not a single person who felt that. For him to go and say that and compare it to now, where it's Derek Carr and Dennis Allen comparing to what we thought of Sean Payton and Drew Brees in 2008 is bananas like that's just completely dishonest it's either dishonest or delusional and i have a hard time figuring out which one it is or he doesn't care and he's just saying crap to make dennis allen feel better about himself i mean it's got to be the don't care the attitude the demeanor and the words all mean i don't care it has to, and it's right? not just the press conference it's the entire season you know you said that he said very demented stuff He's been disrespectful to the fan base. Yeah. He just, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. This guy is coasting through. I don't know what his goal is. I don't know what the end game is. Yeah. I don't know if he wants to keep friends, if he wants to stay owner or what, but it's just insulting. Yes. It's definitely insulting. And anybody who really has like a critical mind and an ability to, uh, to think in nuance should be insulted mm -hmm. by what they're seeing from this team. And they probably should, under any circumstance in any other business, they should walk away from that business if they were getting treated like this. But we won't because we're all sickos and we are. it is our religion uh, to care about your professional football team and there's nowhere else to go. And so this is what it is, and I think they're aware of that. Uh, but look, there were a lot of empty seats in December in that stadium. Um, there, there was a lot that was not a lot of the momentum of this team that had been built for a long time had really skidded off the rails. And they won, what, five of their last six. They had a good crowd against Atlanta to finish the season. I think that will be enough to capture at least a lot of people coming back by the time you get to August that people will be somewhat hopeful. And the division is going to suck again. We know it is. The coaches are horrible. I mean, uh, Carolina just hired a guy who had been a coordinator for one year. Who are an offense that wasn't that good. And he's like 32 years old. And the uh, the Falcons hired Raheem Morris, who I think has a very similar record to Dennis Allen. Yeah. Uh, so, and and I didn't, don't think Todd Bowles very good for Tampa. It's not like he was some amazing coach this season. They had a, an okay year, but it wasn't that much better than the Saints. And so you, you're going to be able to sell the same thing of like, all you got to do is be a little bit better than mediocre and we can be in the dance. Yeah. And so by the time we get to August, I know how this goes. People are going to find a way and find a slant and find a silver lining and we're going to get there. But don't forget how you feel right now. Don't forget how insulted you should be. And let's hold people accountable for saying impossibly stupid things. Can we get to that point? 
Except us. Except us. But nobody cares what we have to say because they just assume that we're such <laughs> negative pricks that it's just it just rolls off the back anyway. There, when there's already an, uh, an expectation that you're going to say something negative, when you say something negative, it doesn't really land. If we were if we were in charge of something legit, yeah, we would not be as insulting to the people consuming the product i would certainly hope not no and speaking of that let's talk about our fine city with a little bit of local breakdown it is filled with juicy jazz squalling trumpets and tiny little crawdads you put pass in a swamp and that's nolens in a nutshell baby <laughs> well the city continues to have problems with uh, agua um, one thing that's been batted around for a while is a stormwater fee. Uh, officials are preparing a new pitch that will uh, once again make the citizens pay. Surprise. <laughs> it's like uh, we're going to build the wall for water <laughs> and we're going to make Mexico, i.e. <laughs> you, pay for it. After two recent whiffs and persuading the city council to approve new revenue proposals, the Sewage Water Board is preparing yet another pitch to raise money for nearly $1 billion in deferred drainage upgrades. This time, utility officials are revisiting an idea that has been debated for decades but has never gotten off the ground. Stormwater fees that, unlike property taxes, every landowner in the city would have to pay. Details haven't been finalized, including how the fee would be structured. Utility officials stress that New Orleans voters would have final say over any new fee, and assuming the plan eventually makes it to the ballot box, council members would first shape and greenlight the final proposal, according to the Sewage and Water Board Executive Director. Um, they are expecting a first draft this spring that's what they need more money that's so, somehow that is always the answer to the question well what about all of the gajillions of dollars you've gotten over the last 25 where years? does it go where does that where, what happened to that money it's like uh, you know you just need more if we just had a little more then we would be able to fix things why do they need a billion dollars for storm drainage is that not is that not included in <laughs> City works to some degree. Polk, it's not easy to pay 14 people to watch one guy work. <laughs> it's not. Like, what are they doing at Sewage and Water? Where they've got the jerk-off room. <laughs> They're, like, telling you, like, don't throw toilet paper anymore. Like, what? what is going on over there? <laughs> they can't even get, like, power to the, 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 the turbine. That's like... I, I can't imagine if this thing goes to the ballot, it will lose 90 to 10. There is no one who is going to look at that and say, how can I pay more money to the worst operation in the history of humans than the sewer, the sewage and water board is asking for more money? I think the average water bill in New Orleans now is like $120 a month. No one wants to pay more than that. No. And no one believes that more money is going to fix the problem, which is the most important part. They're currently building a new power complex that is $300 million, which means it'll really be like $580 million. Yep. It's set to be operating by mid-2025, so probably late 2028. And at that point, everyone will be living in Nashville. <laughs> 
I don't want to give any more money to a city that every night on the news, if you ignore crime, every other story is some sort of functional disaster. Yeah. Whether it's the water, whether it's sinkholes, whether it's a construction collapse. Lighting. You know, obviously, I don't watch the news in other cities, but it it seems like infrastructure uh, damage is probably not the top billing on the news everywhere. And if it was, I don't think that the overarching solution that you are constantly having crammed down your throat would be give us more money. I, I think in perhaps a more motivated landscape, the people would be saying, do something. Yeah, take the money you have, do something, then maybe we'll give you more. But they have never done anything that seems to have worked. Although, congratulations to Orleans Parish for having water this week. This is not the week to crap on them, because they at least, the, the, the water ran through the pipes this week. It did not explode. So congratulations. This seems like a great week for them to put this on the ballot and try to jam it through. Everyone was very excited that they are the ones who got this. This is a very, very insignificant amount of money for the size of the drainage system we have, Corbin said in an interview. (laughs) The Sewage and Water Board has twice sought and failed to get the council's blessing on new revenue proposals over the last year and a half. I wonder why. In late 2022, the utility floated water rate hikes to help pay for water treatment and sewer upgrades. Last year, it asked the council to roll forward its drainage millage rates to reap additional property tax revenue from the three existing millages. Um, There's so much. If you pay a property tax bill in Orleans Parish, and you actually look at what you're paying for. It is mind boggling. (laughs) It's like I understand schools. I got it. Cops. I got it. And then everything else. You're like, what? Like, what? What is what are we doing here? None of this works. And you could argue the schools and cops don't really works either, but not great. Like, it is uh, extremely expensive property taxes in which you get almost nothing. Well, I, but hey, Jazz Fest is coming. Jazz Fest is coming. Look at all the bands. Look at all these jazz bands. <laughs> Slipknot, Queen Latifah, the Beach Boys, Big Nudie. I feel like I have really turned the corner in how old I am that I am now old enough to feel like I am hitting the demographic for Jazz Fest. Yeah. I was like, uh, when they when it was like Vampire Weekend, John Batiste, Foo Fighters, I was like, ooh, 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 Widespread Panic, Trombone Shorty. I was like, yeah, me, 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 Revivalist. I was like, ooh. This is not good that I am so old that I am hitting the big, the upper, the uppercase letters <laughs> on the uh, what Jazz Fest is selling. I am now officially old. But hey, I, I am personally very excited. 40 year old white guys, our time has come. Jazz Fest is now. <laughs> Finally. We have, we have reached it. We did it. Yes. Um, have- this poster, uh, let's see. We've got Jimmy Buffett, I guess. Uh, celebrating Jimmy Buffett. I was going to say, that would have been that'd be a hot ticket if Jimmy Buffett came back from the dead. Fantasia, <laughs> she was on American Idol. Ah. Uh, the revivalist who, I mean, normally, if you want to see them, you have to wait until Tuesday. <laughs> uh, Hozier, what is he saying? Does he no sing idea. that uh, somebody I used to know? I was going to say the same thing. There's no way that's actually, no. that's, the, that's Gauthier. Yeah, is that who that is? Somebody Gauthier? that I used to know, right? Neil Young, he's 
he's got to be a thousand years old at How this about point. The Beach Boys. Yeah, the Beach Boys and the <laughs> Rolling Stones. I've heard of Chris Stapleton. Uh, he sings the whiskey song uh-huh. that like people on boats that get DUIs <laughs> listen to. I don't like sing if he's ever the Jimmy Buffett uh, <laughs> tribute band. Yeah, I don't know who KEM is. Big Frida, of course. Juvenile, Manny Fresh. Uh, the rest of these <laughs> Steel Pulse. I remember yeah. them. They were the only CD in the reggae section at <laughs> Sam Goody. Tower of Power's in there too. They're way down the line. Uh, Jeffrey Osborne. He's uh, he sings on the wing of, wings of love, which is my karaoke song. There you go. Heart's there. That's Heart is there. Uh-huh. Yeah. What do they sing? Barracuda. No, that's uh, no, that's not them. Yes, it is. Is it? Yes. Oh my God, Hearts. This is going to drive me crazy. They've got they've got like three or four eighties hits. Do all they? Girl group. I thought Barracuda was what's her face, Pat Benatar. I don't think so. Okay. It's if you told me Heart Pat Benatar was in Heart, I'd be like, fine. That sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> and then the traditional New Orleans seven hundred local bands. <laughs> play every single festival yeah. yes i'm excited though i think it's a very good jazz fest lineup there uh, are a few sneaky ones in the local lineup like yeah. nitty gritty dirt band yeah they sing fishing in the dark if you didn't they, know they should just play that for 30 minutes straight <laughs> i think they might have to <laughs> it's but, like old, uh, when old crow medicine show plays like we're all just hitting her way yeah. for wagon wheel baby <laughs> nobody cares about anything else you know if i'm if i'm still here i'll probably go yeah i mean <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be great. They do sing Barracuda. God damn it, you were right. Yeah. And they they also sing, All I want to do is make love to you, <laughs> which was a, a karaoke hit of mine for a long time. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited. We can go and we can sing along. Yeah. We can dress up like doofuses <laughs> and wear our Tommy Bahama hats. Do you get there and run in with those clowns? No, I've done that before. Like Springsteen, uh, when he was there, I did that for him a couple times, and Billy Joel once. But and, and I think uh, Strokes finished one year. I did that, but yeah, for the most part, I am I am I I'm on foot, and being on foot there is like a cheat code because everybody else just wants to sit on their ass and like you know drink a hundred uh, you know strawberry lemonades yeah not bud lights yeah so i if you're on foot you can just stand in the front of every single show because nobody's standing so you just like walk down the thing and stand 10 feet from the stage uh it's very easy but yeah if you have a chair and stuff then that's when they well if you're listening jazz fest and you want to do a podcast stage yes we're in we'll do it we're in i three hours of crapping on mickey loomis <laughs> I'll I'll bring so many note cards, and then we can bring Tab Benoit on stage. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be great. You know, they do the the artist interviews or whatever, where they sell CDs yeah. still, which is amazing that anyone goes there and buys a CD. <laughs> but when they have that, if they were just us in there, just ripping on Mickey Loomis for that like a be, full hour, it'd be fantastic. Who wouldn't want to see that? Oh God, I'd love that. Thank you, everyone, for uh, sticking with us. Uh, and for the the long wait, uh, we love each and every one of you. Thank you so much. Please uh, rate us on Spotify. Email polkandkush at gmail.com. Follow us on X at polkandkush. We will talk to you very soon. Love you all. See ya.